You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. And here's a man with a plan, leader of the band, buff and tanned, Dave, the killer bread man, doll. Hey, thanks for noticing, Bob. I appreciate it. Uh, hey, welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast, live from downtown Portland, Oregon, on a, another beautiful, cloudy day in the great Pacific Northwest. I'm a four-time loser who finally found a way to win. I replaced a pattern of addiction and incarceration with education, medication, and an honest occupation. What's that, Lad? An honest occupation? The creation of Dave's Killer Bread. Wow. Killer Bread. So quick. I had it. Now I'm on a new mission to inspire and help others reach their own potential by overcoming limitations placed on them by the world and by themselves. On Felony Inc., our main goal is to interview guests with felonies on the records. It's pretty easy to find people like that. But these these felons have turned a corner in their lives and have started their own businesses. What do you think of that, lad? That is totally amazing. Uh, with me once again in the studio is the guy that keeps running his neck and saying absolutely nothing, my right-hand man. <laughs> I met him on the prison yard in Snake River in 1998. Like me... Lad went down a bad road as a youngster. I was locked up for 15 years with Lad, and uh, Lad did 20 years. I didn't do 15 years with you, but I did 15 years, Lad did 20 years. Apparently, that was enough to scare the knucklehead out of him, uh, because since his release from prison in 2008, he's managed to avoid getting any more felonies. Uh, Seems to me that going out in public with a face like you have uh, should be at least a misdemeanor. What do you think? It is. Um, I think that you've committed some Mr. Wieners. <laughs> oh, boy. Good, good answer. That's a two. <laughs> All right. So, hey, when you got anything else to say for yourself? Well, you know, um, there's a couple things that are going to happen, and just something that just happened the other day that was just totally amazing. Uh, first of all, the Killer Granddaddies are going to be playing at, believe it or not, Baskin Robbins. Oh, yeah. 31 flavors. <laughs> and to celebrate 31 flavors, they always play uh, some music uh, at their store on the 31st of August. Well, they talked me into coming because I like ice cream. You love ice cream. That's that. Otherwise, you know, they're not paying enough. What is it, like 20 bucks or something? It is. Yeah. I think that's what they're paying us to 31 pay. Bucks. 31 bucks. 31 bucks. There you go. And bucks. some ice cream. And then, Dave, give us a little rundown on this amazing meeting we had the other night at your place. Just amazing. Yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? Um, you know, I'm involved in this this new thing called, uh, well, it's, it's not brand new. It's called, Mel, um, what is it called? Uh, um, Healthy Minds Group. And, you know, we're working on a new curriculum for, you know, ex-felons felons, uh, people in trouble, kids, etc., to overcome whatever it is that's that's holding them back. And a lot of times it's trauma from childhood. And we're we're starting there and we're moving all the way through their um, through their cycle, their life cycle, and trying to figure out what things we can do to make, you know, there's a formula for success. There is a formula for mental success. I discovered it. Um, it's not like exact. It's not the same exact for everyone, but there are common threats that um, are very meaningful among people. Um, we all share. We all share the same path to bettering our lives. And uh, it's just a, a different set of circumstances for each individual. 
And, you know, I'd, I'd just really like to thank on air uh, some of the really cool guests that we had the other night. Um, Joan Palmatier uh, was the only uh, female um, superintendent in the state of Oregon prison system. And some other guests, uh, some guys from our, our podcast, one of the guys um, from our podcast. Quite and, a few. Yeah, and it was really a great, productive meeting. Yeah, it was good. I think that um, we had a nice little soup to get going, a, a creative sort of um, a soup that will actually propel some great ideas going forward. So anyway, this is all a process, and I'm, I'm up to a lot of things like that right now, but the rubber hasn't met the road yet <laughs> on most of these things. Um, I like to, you know, what else you got to say, lad? Is that it? Well, you know, I, today's guests, you know, we got we got some cool guests. But the thing is, um, one of the themes we talked about over there, you know, at, at the meeting the other night was um, resources uh, for when you're getting out. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe we can kind of um, talk to our guests today about the type of resources they did or did not have uh, when, when yeah. you know, when they were, when he was, was released. So Yeah, that's one thing that. I was telling our guests ahead of time is that how great it would be. Um, tell us everything that's interesting that matters, <laughs> that made a difference in your life, and um, that you feel you can advise others on. I mean, we all still need advice. We all still need a little bit of uh, help, too. And I, it's, but we can still share the things that have gotten us through to this point and made us happy. Uh, so anyway, you guys have a lot of stuff that I'm hoping we can pull out of you. So let me let me get to our guests. Today our guests are former felons Brandon Treat and Dixie Amber Yeager of Levelhead LLC. Started in 2017, they are a direct marketing company that places advertising in restaurants, bars, pubs, coffee houses, and other venues. They started with a touchscreen breathalyzer that they placed in bars around the Portland metro area. Places like Paris Theater, Splash Ultra Lounge, and Church PDX. They wanted to start a business that made a difference in their community and give back. They took out all the money acceptors in the machines, so the tests are free. The machines are calibrated every 45 days to keep them accurate. You know, Dave, and now they've added a product that is a touchscreen tablet with phone chargers attached to them. Uh, we let the venues use them for free, and we let them uh, place menu items and promotions on the screen. Intermixed with the menu items are ads from local businesses that we find to sponsor the tablets and get in front of thousands of people per month. They can ship these out anywhere, and they now uh, live in over 50 venues. They're, and they're now live. They're now states. live in over 50 venues. That's right. And, um, now you can go to the website levelheadllc.com uh, while you're listening to this and take a look at a picture of one of these devices so that you can get an idea of what this is really about. It's kind of hard to explain without actually seeing a, seeing one. Um, and finally, with his past. Brandon once felt doomed to mundane jobs that would never get him anywhere in life, his own words. But he worked anyway, and his positive attitude got him pretty far, all things considered. Then three years ago, Brandon and his fiancée, Dixie, started Levelhead LLC from their kitchen table. At some point, they partnered up with an old friend who helped bring things to another level. Lad and I have never talked with Brandon or Dixie before, but they're friends of mine on Facebook. Actually, Dixie just became my friend this morning, <laughs> uh, and that's how we connected. We've been looking forward to having these folks on our show. Welcome to the Felony Inc. podcast, Brandon Treat and Dixie Amber Yeager. Thank you. All right, so really, let's kind of start at the beginning. Um, of your lives. Now, I don't know who wants to go first, but let's go with Brandon first. Um, Perfect. You were, what led you to being a, having a life of crime, spending 15 years in prison and all that other knucklehead stuff? Uh, those were the choices that were 
fun back in the day, I guess it would be the group of guys that I hung out with, uh, gang members, drug dealers, um, just all around knuckleheads, like people that think uh, a fist fight is fun. So I'm not really sure. I used to think it was fun. No, not so much. Um, but yeah, just the choices with being with them. Um, I guess it was like a, a mentality to, to one up the next guy. If you beat up one person, I can beat up two persons. If you steal a car stereo, I can steal a whole car, kind of thing. Um, so that's what that's what kind of led it, and then and then throw in money, the 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 love of money, and you start making choices where you need you need to make a dollar, you need make, you need to make more every day. So you came at it from a different place than me. Um, my it was my addiction. It was my need for speed if you will that um that really influenced my my next 20 years in life uh which were all addiction and uh, criminality and and trips to prison it sounds like you were more you weren't quite that that direction although it, i'm sure you did drugs. it went into it yeah. yeah so it started out like the party scene and the and the drinking and the and the lifestyle of that and then pretty soon it was uh well, I drank all night, and now I need to get something going in the morning so I can uh, go to my restaurant busboy job to keep on making money. Or I need to go for a couple of days. I need to stay up all night to, to go do this. <laughs> so the social aspect of, of the drugs and alcohol led into the addiction life of drugs and alcohol. So. Sure, okay. Um, how about you, Dixie? Where did you get started at? Well, I, <clears throat> sorry, I actually grew up around drugs, um, so it wasn't, it didn't seem like a odd choice when I decided I wanted to lose the baby weight after I had a, it, I actually, um, the baby wasn't born alive, so it was oh. that trauma um, that led me to my family. Um, I went and asked my stepmom and said, um, I want to lose this weight. I don't want to look in the mirror and be sad, so give me some meth. And she said, well, um, I don't know if you really want to do this, because I'd always been anti. Um, and I said, no, I, I want to do it. Like, And so I then um, started blackmailing her uh -huh. to give me more so that she, you know I wouldn't tell my dad. Mm. And before you know it, um, I was getting evicted from my apartment. Um, I went from smoking it to injecting it um, rather quickly within sure. a couple months because um, I, I was hanging out with people who were doing it and I was mm. like, I want to do that too. Like if you guys are doing it that way, then, a lot more, a lot quicker that way. Right. And so, um, and then, so I was with, so at first I thought, you know, like if um, someone's doing it for me, like putting the needle in my arm, mm. then I'm not an addict, but it uh, turns <laughs> out... Somebody else's fault. <laughs> right. Uh, but it turns out uh, when those people were not around, I figured out how to do it mm. on my own. So yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. So how long did that last? Um, actually, I... Well, I had two little boys at the time, and um, it it lasted eight years, honestly. I um, After a couple... Maybe like a few months, I knew I was unfit parent, and I sent my boys to live with family. Um, it was the best I could do. I didn't know how to quit. Um, and so then I jumped into crime, and um, I came from, like, even though my parent, you know, like my family always was involved in drugs, like we still lived in a middle-class neighborhood. Um, my dad worked really hard to keep me, try to separate me from the riffraff. And what happened was I gravitated towards the riffraff I'm doing quotation marks with my fingers and um, and I had to prove myself and so I I, I did really crazy things like um, crime I would just I just wanted to earn my place and because yeah. um, I, I didn't really fit honestly. I know that game I know that uh, so before we get back to Brandon can you tell me oh, what was your incarceration? What was your uh, justice-involved situation? Well, the point to where I had gotten in my active addiction, I was prepared to go to federal prison. Like, mm -hmm. mentally, like the, that's where I would end up. And so... Um, what kind of crime was that? Um, well, I was, I was with a man who was um, wanted by the marshals, and I was 
aiding and abetting and helping him deal drugs mm. and helping him get away. And we would run from the cops. And, How long did that last? Um, about nine months. Mm. And um, finally, what happened? Well, finally, he got arrested, um, and I wasn't with him. Good and so you. my life, like, just changed. I was like, wait, I thought I was going to be the one that goes to prison. He had groomed me to um, take the charges for him. So he had groomed me to where if and when we, you know, got pulled over, whatever, that I would take the charges because I would get less time than him. Sure. So I was prepared for that. Like, I was, I was all in, and... Um, once he got arrested and he went to prison, I was like, I, I lost my identity mm. and I had to then, and then I didn't trust people because he was so high up in the totem pole. I didn't know who to trust because mm-hmm. um, he was so paranoid. And so I ended up um, kind of hiding out and finding like the really low, low seated kind of people. Mm. And I was just bottom homeless. Feeders. Yeah. The bottom feeders. And I was just homeless. And um, yeah. And so I ended up. I ended up um, being that absent parent for eight years, and then I was homeless and pregnant. And um, well, you would fit in really good on the streets of Portland right now. <laughs> right, it's become quite the uh, subculture. Yeah, it's a popular know, thing to do. Popular, yeah. hey, it's the, it's the end thing to do. Um, so, uh, so okay, I, yeah, I ended up um, I ended up running from the cops in my car in my little Volkswagen Jetta. Uh, or actually a Volkswagen Golf. I don't know what I was thinking. And um, got a attempt to elude and uh, reckless endangerment. And you know what? I already I was already on post pr- or no? I was on probation. probation. Yeah, there you go. And so when I got um, when I got arrested and they finally kept me, I was really relieved because um, like I'd been homeless for so long and it was like I have a bed to sleep in and mm-hmm. like I'm I gonna get fed and I they don't have to go. Us. Right, I don't have to go to Safeway and fill up a cart and then run and hopeful, you know, hope that I don't get caught just to eat. So, How long did uh, you get? Were you behind bars? Well, when I got when I went to the judge, I told him I was pregnant, thinking that he was gonna let me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like looking at all my charges, and he was like, "Actually, I could send you to prison right now, but they'll let you out early. So I'm gonna give you day for day here in Marion County Jail." Um, he gave me eight months, and which was my due date was in November, and my release date was in December. Mm. So I had to prepare myself mentally to give birth shackled, and get 24 hours with my baby, and um, give birth shackled. I never thought of that. Yeah, they give you le- sometimes less than 24 hours with your baby, and there's a guard with you all the time. Fortunately, I didn't have to do that. But mm. here's the thing: they. They kicked me out 30 days early without telling me I was going to get out 30 days early. So I was three days away from my due date, and I was homeless. And they gave me a two-hour bus ticket, and that was it. And so, like, I I had to go ask my dad for money and... Save them having to, you know, deal with your pregnancy or with your birth. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Yeah, interesting. That doesn't surprise me too much. Which which county was that that uh, released you? Like that, Marion County. That's in Salem, Oregon. In Salem. So that was all okay. And now, what's your justice situation? Well, so when I got out, I um, I actually went to my probation officer, <laughs> and she was like surprised to see me, um, but I was huge pregnant. So I was like, I can't, you know, like I'm done, I'm done. And so she in- introduced me to a recovery mentor, who. Um, Took me to a homeless shelter and got me food stamps and welfare, and um, and I just I just did everything I could, whatever the probation officer wanted me to do, I did, and um, which and you was had a baby. Yeah, I had the baby, and and I had the baby, and I had an appointment to go see my PO like three days later, and I went. <laughs> she was like, "Why did you come here?" Because I I really wanted to do things the right way, mm-hmm. like I was done. So whatever it was going to take. This baby made it. Yes. Okay. She I, made I, it. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's eight years old now. Great. Um, so I, now that I look at it, I see it this way. Um, you know, Multnomah County, no, no, Marion County, you let you go because um, they really weren't equipped. They, they didn't really want to deal with it. Um, but they did probably know that there were services out there. They should have just, they should have helped you with those services. They right. should have said, hey, this, this is what you need to do. But... You did go see your parole officer, probation officer, and she, he or she helped. Yeah, she helped me. And 
yeah. And, you know, it's always good to, to point out the good things about the system as well as the bad. Right. But, you I, know, you know, Dave, this is, this is a testament right here. This story that this young lady just told is a testament along with your story and other stories that I've heard on this program and, and people that I know personally is that if you have the tenacity to do it, you can do it, no matter whether the services are there or whatever. It's you know, it would be great to well, have those if services. If she didn't have any services, she would have been in trouble. Mm-hmm. She would have been out there on the streets giving birth to a baby. Right. Uh, so yeah, services are important. But I gotta say, when I got out of Marion County, like they didn't have resources back then. That was in two thousand nine, and I I think I might have fell through the cracks because my um, supervision was in Washington County in Hillsboro, Oregon. So. So um, when I came up here to see my PO, thank goodness I was on supervision here because Washington County, Multnomah County, Clackamas County, they have lots of resources that um, other smaller counties don't have. Interesting. Wow, that's going, we're going fast here. We are, Dave, and you know what? So fast that it's time for a break. Yeah. That's right. CPA dudes where accounting is never boring. Their price is not based on time. Instead, customers decide what to pay them. They don't charge you for sending invoices, phone calls, emails, texts, or meetings. They just get the damn job done. Find them at cpadudes.com slash startup radio. Tell them Dave and Ladd sent you, and we'll send you a special surprise. Seriously, we will. Who's we? Me and you. (laughs) We're going to send them Brandon and uh, Dixie. Hey. Yeah. Put, put them to work. Put them to work. Surprise, <laughs> they don't have nothing. To, they don't have enough to do on their own. Obviously, nothing. I really enjoying that story, um, Dixie, because that's real. That's a real deal, and people enjoy that. Um, is there any more you want to add to it before I pass it over to your buddy there, your your old man, or whatever you call him? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You went to treatment. You did oh, okay, every step okay. of the way. I just she don't want to. I don't want to hog the microphone. But <laughs> well, <laughs> this is what we're here for. Okay, so uh, so yeah, I I was in a homeless shelter, and actually, let's go back to with when I had my baby in the hospital. Um, I they give you a form to fill out. I didn't have any prenatal records. Um, Marion County Jail would not provide any of the rec- medical records. Mm-hmm. So um, I was looked at as just a homeless person giving birth that had no prenatal care. And I was flagged. So a social worker came in and told me she had the authority to take my newborn. And she wanted to know what I was going to do with my life. And I told her, um, I heard of this place where I can go with my baby. It's a, re- it's a, a treatment center called Mountaindale. Oh, I'm gonna cry. Um, and uh, where's that? Okay. Right, and so and so I, I I told her that was my plan, and so she let me she let me leave and take my baby to the homeless shelter, um, and so I actually went. I followed through with it. I went to this treatment center, me and my 11 day old baby, um, and and I learned and I absorbed, and it wasn't my first time in treatment. But it was my first time actually paying attention and like really wanting to change. Well, and another great lesson. And, and it wasn't just like the drug treatment. It was there was um, like other cognitive behavioral mm-hmm. therapy, CB. That's huge. Yes, and um, you got to change your mind, yes, change your life. Mm-hmm, that changed my thinking, and then seeking safety for women who are survivors of domestic violence and learning how about boundaries and all of that. Like they literally taught me how to be a somewhat functioning human being. Yeah, it's a good start. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, so then I, I got out. I actually um, went to a clean and sober living. It was faith-based, and um, they're, it, they're amazing people, amazing women who um, supported me. And, and then while I was there, um, I joined or I started going to 12-step um, meetings, and I ended up becoming really involved. And... I, you know, when I first started going to meetings, I would hide behind my baby. I would nurse her. People would like not want to make con- eye contact because I'm nursing my baby, right. and so that's it, rude, right? And so like <laughs> it's my protective barrier. Like I, you know, I could be at the meeting, but I don't have to like meet anybody. Participate. Right, but um, but one of my best friends pushed me to um, you know, get a sponsor and to utilize the programs the way they're supposed to be utilized, and that changed my life without my permission. Like I. Mm. I started doing all of the work, and um, all of the all of the work I did in treatment 
with the 12 steps um, helped me, you know, to oh, finally, yeah. yeah. And then, and then within that, I created relationships and um, I actually met a woman who started a nonprofit called Voices Set Free. It's in Hillsboro and it's for women survivors of domestic violence. And also she actually takes a lot of um, time with women who are secondary offenders, women who have killed their, you know, um, abusers. Mm. And while I was there, um, I went there to work as an IT tech um, because I didn't like people. Mm. <laughs> I hated people. IT is great for that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, she, but I told her my story and she was like, you need to be a mentor. I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't like people, so I don't think that's going to work. And she was like, well, I'll pay for your training. I'll pay for your certification, and we'll give you clients. And I'm like, all right. So um, my first you know, mentee um, was one of the most abrasive women <laughs> I've abrasive, met. Abrasive, yeah. Very abrasive. Mm-hmm. That was her, abrasive. So that was know. her shield. My shield was a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, her shield was this offensive mm-hmm. language. And, but we connected. You know, like I still was able to connect with her and that and like I went, even though you don't like people, even though I don't like people, <laughs> or didn't I like hated people. people. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that changed. That was like a, a shifting moment in yeah. my life. What do you think? Do you, do you think that you developed uh, a different attitude toward people? Like, um, did, did, did your attitude shift? Uh, in a way, did you start having, say, compassion for people? Um, no, honestly, I've always had that compassion. But when I was in my active addiction, I had to learn how not to. Mm. Like, I had to learn how to become tough. And, Anti. Anti. Right. Yeah. And robotic. Mm. And so, and, and, and all of the things that I saw in my active addiction, like, I saw some really messed up sure. people. And I unfortunately participated in yeah. really messed up stuff. And. You know, Salem, Oregon was really rough crowd. Your faith in humanity wasn't getting bolstered in any way. Now, okay, we've gone a long ways already. We we only have a few minutes left. No, we have we have a little bit of time. But see, that is such a great story. I really appreciate it. And we're gonna have to move on. But how do you follow that? Right. That's why I want her to go first. Make sure she gets the credit here. This is my uh, my lifeline right here. Um, my story. Like I said, it was uh, the gangs and drugs and and hustle for money. Uh, fell victim to that Measure 11. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. 1998, um, right when everyone was talking about like, oh, it might get overturned and everything else like that. Was at a party, um, getting drunk with some friends and just said, hey, you know what would be cool? If we robbed that guy for his car. So took him up on Germantown Road, beat him up, left him there, took his car, Got arrested for a robbery, uh, went to prison from 98 to 2004, so 76 months total. 70 months measure 11, six months for an additional assault on the same case. Wait, wait, what was your, what was your period of incarceration? Uh, 1998 till 2004, oh, okay, the first gotcha. time. The, gotcha. the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so measure 11 is you either like make the change for yourself or, or you don't. Yeah, and uh, going because they're not going to say, "Hey, yeah. here's what you do to change." Yeah, it doesn't matter if you do good or not. You're not yeah. getting out early. It's it's just day for day. So when you're coming in there in the in the gang life, there's plenty of gang members in there to take you under their wing. Mm-hmm. Um, so just did that. Learned how to. My only skill that I picked up that time was learning how to tattoo with a mm-hmm. with a homemade tattoo gun, and which and, isn't which isn't horrible. Yeah, it's not horrible. I did yeah. some cool stuff, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so got out and had the me- had the mentality, I'm not going to get in trouble, and that lasted like a week. So I, I didn't pick up any valuable skills while I was in there at all. So as soon as I came out, it's like, okay, look for a job. Can't find a job. Okay, guess what? Some old homies are there. I'm going to go ahead and pick up the bag and start selling again. Um, was out, I think, like eight months or something like that, maybe a year, and uh, was with some girl that was shoplifting at Target, and on the way out, she got stopped. Uh, security's tried to stop me, and I wasn't having it. So, boom. I've been there. Yeah, boom. Another robbery because of Shop my record. Shoplifting turned into a robbery. Yeah. So, I have the same story. Yeah, I took it all the way to trial because I figured, I'm like, I didn't steal nothing. I, they can't get me for robbery. Well, guess what? They can because yes. they have a record on it. So, mm. boom, another 70 months, measure 11, day for day. Um, so, that was another six years. So, that's Starting 12 years combined like now. Sort of a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on paper, like, pretty bad. And then, so, once again, just went in there, same homies wait in there same same deal um try to educate myself as much as possible books writing um poems things like that but were there you where were you at your last time 
Um, the very last time was my third time in prison. Um, I went to to Snake River for a minute, and then because uh, you were at Snake River when I was there. Yeah, that was yeah, yep, that was the very early two thousands. Yep. Um, and and I was there too. Yeah, I, 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 I recognize him. Yeah, yeah. I, I I wasn't sure who you were till I saw you in person. Right. I've seen pictures in, on Facebook, and then when I saw you in person, I'm like, okay, I'm right. <laughs> um, a little bit younger then. Yeah, yeah. you still look pretty young to us. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, so w- my curiosity on this, oh, I'm curious about what was available to you. Now, were you 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 went to wherever those couple different places in your last trip, and um, what you say you weren't able to learn anything, or were you was what, your mind open? Or what was available and what was realistic are, are two different things in, in prison on, with certain crowds. Um, with any programs or anything, you have to have a certain amount of clean time in there. Um, so you basically stay out of trouble six months to a year in and order to get anything good. You weren't that guy, huh? No, not at all. It's mm-hmm. like uh, even your third time down. Third time down, yeah. That's when that's when the mind shift started happening. Okay. Um, third time down, went to prison, but I had the option to do good. Like I could get time off. I can get uh, um, program eligible for programs. Things so like it that. So started out being motivated to get time off. Yep. There you okay. go. And then um, did did you eventually get to the point where you go? Oh wait, I'm learning something important here. Right. That was uh, I went to a uh, Columbia River to the treatment program over there, mm-hmm. and at first it was turning point. I think so. Yeah, I think that's what it called. No, that was the old one. I forget what this one was called, but yeah, one of them. Yeah, Um, and then uh, it went. It started for time off, and it also was like the third time loser kind of thing. It's like, man, third time really. I'm in here in my uh, 30s now, and Mm -hmm. this is getting old. This is stupid. Um, Totally remember that feeling. And then, so in the meantime, um, I had a I had a one night stand a long time ago, in which uh, produced a, a little baby girl. She's eleven right now. Her name's Sayla. And during the third time in prison, I That's found some out potent, potent stuff. There. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, uh, one night. Yeah, and then, but my, a night's probably too long to call it. But you know, so. <laughs> just five minutes. Yeah, yeah, if that. <laughs> and then. Uh, so I uh, found out that she was in foster care the third time in there. So that's kind of the mentality switch right there was, okay, I am responsible for this life I created, and now she's might be in danger because I don't know what foster care she's in. It turned out she was at her grandma's house, so she was safe the whole time, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, I also have two older sons, and so that made me realize, like, I've just neglected them all their life. Yeah. Um, so now that's I'm a... I'm a double piece of shit on top of all the felonies. Yeah, but well, but what's your ad- your attitude's got to be more like? Um, eventually, you got to get to the attitude that yeah, I screwed up, but now I have an opportunity right. to rectify that. Uh, yeah, or just to do the right thing. And you know, all I can do is right now and what, what's going forward. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so it's like the main <clears throat> switch for me was just uh, making the choice. Like every choice I make in life has to be about um, not doing not doing drugs, not doing crime. I think I see that in you. Yeah, I, I think there I always has to be another way. So, yeah. Well, you know, just a short time I've uh, I've seen you guys. You know, you guys together. I can tell you guys um, truly love each other. Um, so, why don't you tell us a little bit of how that came together? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I thirteen met, step. Thirteen step. No. Yeah. So I, I met. I uh, I seen Dixie in a in a meeting when I had got out the third time. I was staying at the uh, RC Center in Washington County, and then I went to a halfway house, like an Oxford house kind of thing. Um, seeing Dixie, she was she was speaking in the meeting, and she's like totally struck me as this this blonde white girl, valley girl type of person. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, she's cute. Um, tried to hit on her a little bit, but she wasn't having it because she was a mentor. Mm-hmm. She's like, I can't do this right now. Um, you know, I see you like talking to other girls anyway, so don't, <laughs> like, don't come around. <laughs> um, but I, I'm I'm a pretty persistent guy, so I just stayed on it, stayed on it, stayed on it. She got her um, employment switched to another county. So then she was all of a sudden became eligible for, for me to date. <laughs> and uh, so since uh, my persistence paid off, then, then we started hanging out. And then she's like, well, we can't date until you finish these steps. So I started the steps. So you were motivated. <laughs> so now you're finally motivated yeah, to work yeah, the steps. Yeah, so I started the and steps. we're talking about the 12 steps. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, I got an early release from that because we just started hitting it off and then Met Indy, love her like my own daughter. So then, pretty soon we moved in together, and then she helped me uh, get custody of Sayla, the uh, the daughter I was just talking about. So now Sayla and Indy live with us um, full time, 
And wow, we great have story. Yeah, now we have another baby, little Phoenix, who's about to turn two in October. Um, so that's our baby together. So now we All have right. three girls at home. Congrats on yeah. that. Thank you. So that, that only took one night too, right? right. That's it. That's <laughs> it. it took <laughs> one minute. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's the story of my life. Uh. You all still haven't actually slept together. So. <laughs> no, just once. Just once. <laughs> no time for that. Literally slept together. Yeah. Hey, by the way, let me, let me cut to this. Today's episode of Felony Inc. podcast is brought, is brought to you by Publicize, a deconstructed PR subscription service which generates effective visibility for your business. Publicize handles all communications with the media and any current, or excuse me, any content required to do this. That is press releases, editorial photos, editorial pitches, etc. Man, it's dark in here. Is that what my problem is? And they offer a wide range of PR products and abilities out of which you can construct the PR package right for the future of your business, lad. You should just start that whole thing over and then have him have cut it out because that's that was bad. It sucked, but <laughs> we don't have time. We have we have such great guests that uh, time has went by fast. We're down to about fifteen minutes or less, and so let's move on. Um, we were with. We got to the point where you guys met. Okay. Okay. Um, is there any more about that, or can we move forward? And what happened from that point on? Um, from that point on, we were just, uh, you know, she constantly inspired me. I, I got out, and uh, my choices at the time was was uh, construction. That's what, if you want to stay out of trouble and you're a felon, it's like that's the most logical choice. Uh -huh. So it's like my dream was to... Uh, go to welding school. She helped me fill out my paper. It's not terrible. Not yeah. a terrible idea. Yeah, trades are good for, for yeah. felons in general. Sixty thousand dollars a year was like the ultimate yeah. goal. Like, oh, I'm going to be rich but if I can make that. A so. human being can do all right on sixty thousand right. a yeah, year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so your your uh, outlook at that time was uh, trades, right. which is which is okay. Right. Um, we don't want to say that it's not out there no, not because I mean, there's an opportunity out there for people, but. You also had a little bit, um, you were kind of a go-getter kind of guy. Right. And yeah. then and then how it turned out is I was waiting on PCC to go to, to get my papers approved or to start there because it didn't start at the time I wanted it to start. Um, and so I was putting up a siding in the rain for like 12 bucks an hour or something oh, like that. Yeah. Like seven stories up, no but, harness, things like that. It's like so fun. And, but uh, were you keeping a positive attitude with yeah, all that? Yeah, yeah, until I asked for a raise, and I, I asked for a raise. They gave me a quarter raise, twelve twenty-five an hour to risk my life. And started rain, pissing so, you yeah. Off. So that's when I was like, you know what? I'm I'm cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look for another job, maybe inside, out of the rain. Yeah, and, I can uh, do almost anything and yeah. make the same amount of money. And... Yeah. So my friend uh, hired me or got me a job at a call center. Um, in Beaverton, and it was actually started off at twelve fifty, and I'd never done phone sales. I've done car sales before in person, things like that. Um, never done phone sales, but I just looked around, seen what everyone else is doing, and just just dominated it. Just I passed up everybody in the company, made a little mental checklist for myself. It was like I can do better than him. So you know how her. to use your lips. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I, I'll tell you what, I was. That's never... how he got me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the oh, real secret. No. <laughs> It, cer it certainly was his, wasn't his wasn't his wiener, huh? <laughs> well, well, he had to talk his way in there. <laughs> uh, oh my God! <laughs> you know, we always we always have to descend to the to some low point before the show's over. Don't we? Uh, that's the way we are. Um, Okay, so this is very interesting. You struggled, but you stayed on it. You right, know what I mean? Stayed on it. Uh, and, work, worked for a couple companies, uh, kind of rose through the ranks to where like, it was just, a, just the best around, always top three no matter where I was. And then the four different companies later, like the logical step was, you know what, let's just start our own. So, what did you did you uh, take the experience that you got from doing these other working for other people? Yeah, yeah, definitely. How did that work? Um, so we started from the from the kitchen table. We started level head from the kitchen table, um, and with the breathalyzer machines, it was like it explain was, to me why you used the kitchen table. Just the biggest space you had. Just the biggest space, somewhere yeah, to set okay. up a laptop. Mm -hmm. um, and it it was her. It was the combination of of her being a mentor at the time. With my combination of sales, we're like, okay, what? How can we combine this and give back to the community? Um, and so, how did you? F so that was the breathalyzers. That was the breathalyzers. But you had to, you had to produce these things. 
Well, my my friend had done something similar in Denver, mm. and he had hit me up a while back. He's like, well, can you sell ads for me in Denver? At the time, I was working for another company, so I couldn't do that. Um, so then we started talking, and we are like, well, let's just buy these uh, breathalyzers and put them around Portland. Um, made logical sense to us at the time. Like, people can get in front of, like, 50,000 people in a year or 100,000 people in a year. Mm. Um, and then at the same time, we're doing something good for our community. So that's yeah. how we started Levelhead. Um, kitchen table because I just left the company I was I was with. They, they gave me an offer to to set up shop in their office. Uh, we turned it down. Wanted to do it on our own. Um, so we left, started doing that. She was still a mentor. Um, three kids by then, and the baby was born already. So right before Christmas, kind of kind of fearful, kind of excited at the same time, not knowing if we're gonna have a good Christmas. Um, did that for a little bit, and then I had a a friend in Vancouver. Uh, shout out to Brett Weeks, by the way. It's his birthday today. Happy so happy birthday. birthday, Brett. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah, happy uh, birthday. A uh, company called Capture Those Travelers. Uh, they sell advertisements on hotel key cards. He called me up and said, hey, uh, see you see you doing this. Um, I kind of need some help at my office up here in Vancouver. Do you think you can come up here? You help me out while I help you out. He got our, our website up and running on another level than we had it on because we just did the free Wix thing before mm-hmm. then. Um, got that going. While we are all three of us were at a network meeting in Portland, uh, we seen these chargers that they were using over there, but they just had the paper inserts. So we picked one up. We're looking at it. We're like, let's sell ads on these. And we started looking around this uh, Chinese website called Alibaba.com. They literally just sell everything in the world. Um, And we found these digital chargers. So um, that was about three months ago, maybe four months ago. And everything just took off since then. It's like uh, our sales doubled every month since then with only like three or four people. Um, now we're in states from, or everywhere across the country from Portland to Philadelphia right now. Um, New York, California, Denver. We got four accounts in Denver, Tempe, Arizona, Texas, everywhere. So it's going pretty well right now. It's going all right, but I'm sure that it's, uh, you know, you need, you're probably not making all your money. Oh, no, we're not millionaires yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're not millionaires yet, um, but it's a— Well, I wasn't a millionaire for a long time right. after I got started. So. A startup is fun. It's exciting. It's a, it's got it's definitely got its upside, uh, ups and downs. Um, we also do these Facebook Live videos on the side to— because our whole thing is like to inspire people as well. Like not only not only can you make money, but you can inspire others while you do it. So our whole live video theme is is the startup and the struggles of the startup. Because you got you got guys like uh, Gary V and Grant Cardone just coming at you live from their jets and their yachts, right. telling you how easy it is. Like just it's not. Yeah, just read a book and you'll be rich. And right. just they want people to believe that. Yeah, because so they buy their programs. Th- yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we just uh, our whole thing is like, hey, this is a startup. This is how it really goes. This mm-hmm. is our kitchen table. Most where we people started. have to work double hard. Yeah, starting their own business, definitely as working for somebody else. Yeah, you're not rich when you when yeah. you start it up. You're 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 actually I was I'm actually make less money now than when I was a salesman full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's for the bigger picture. It's for the longevity of the company. So, well, if you're working like that, you're working that much, um, like I was. You don't have time to spend ridiculous amount of money it's, right. it's all about you know all our money goes to our three kids so it yeah. might as well be throwing it away <laughs> they outgrow everything in about a month so. oh man yeah <laughs> so you should get the hand, hand-me-downs on that right but how do you um i think you you have you have to put money back into the business right yeah absolutely everything. i don't know how much your overhead is but Probably not a lot. The biggest one is our our payroll for our salespeople. We like to keep them well compensated. Sure. Um, So we got like, I think it's a 30,000 a month payroll right now alone, just on payroll. Yeah. Um, That's not including the physical cost of the products and then our our rent. We just got an office space. Do they make all their money based on commission? Uh, They go go base pay Mm -hmm. based off of the volume that they they sold the month before. Because if it was $30,000 in commission, you'd be happy. Right, right, (laughs) right. Um, uh, I had one guy making about $10,000 a month take home he was he was our number one guy he made a base pay of like six thousand plus another four thousand in spiffs every month spiffs mm-hmm. is like the cash collected for every sale you get between like twenty to a hundred dollars for every sale um and then his uh, or everyone's paychecks are based on what they did last month so if you brought in x amount of money you get y amount of money so loosely based off of 20 to 30 percent well you being a sales pro- sales guy you know really knowledgeable about sales that's 
and experience, that's probably really helping you guys. That's a that's something I go to battle with with my financial guys, mm. um, because I'm like, no, I'm a salesman. I remember how it was. The, the money motivated. You gotta you gotta pay them if you well, want. They're to like, good. oh, just don't give them anything. Yeah, they're like numbers, numbers, numbers. I'm yeah. like, no. Yeah, that's so, me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the numbers guy. Well, <laughs> accountants are notoriously not about that. Um, you know, they're, they're gonna, you know, they think about. A budget, and this is, you know, you're spending too much, but hell, I mean, if you can do it, do it. If you can, if you can put the money, you spend it now uh, to get the right people, get the, you know, the right uh, foundation going, right infrastructure, and not go, oh, I'm going to, if I get a dollar, I'm keeping it. You know what I mean? Well. No, everything's going back in right now. We're we're building our team the right way. We've, We've had a couple of people come through. Um, that don't care about the longevity of the company, even though they put in a lot of money, it was like, okay, you got to go because this isn't fitting into our picture. Right. Um, you, you, you can't be here for yourself. You have to be here for yourself and, and the team. So right. it's not just all it's about challenging. the money. Yeah. Yeah. Fat, um, no, I'm sure you guys are driving like uh, a Jag or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've, uh, I actually uh, talk about this in my, in my Facebook videos. I'm, I'm coming live at my, from my 2007 Ford Expedition with like 145,000 miles on it because <laughs> yep. I'm just uh, putting in the I, work right now for the, for the enjoyment later. So I drove an 89 Ranger for the first uh, three years of Dave's Killer Bread, I think. Right. And... Uh, man, I was just happy to have that because of where I'd been. Um, you know, I spent so much of my life just homeless right. or in prison or, you know, whatever. So I just, I mean, people if people need to realize that when they start their own business, even if they're working for somebody else, uh, you're coming out of prison, you got strikes against you already, you you're, you really have built yourself a life, um, you built it, it's your it's choices you've made that have gotten you there, you don't want to think about, you know, get your mind off other people, uh, other people, their right. excuses, off, uh, you know, other people's uh, contributions to where you're at, because basically you're the only one who's going to change it and you're the only one who cares. Right. So um, I see that in you guys. And I, I really think you're going to do well. Um, you're going to do well no matter what, right. because mm-hmm. your mind is what makes you well. What do you think, Lad? Well, you know, you, I, you I really I, need a lot of help in that department. I, you know, I need a lot of help in a lot of departments, <laughs> yeah. you know, especially the department store. But I do have a question for him. You know, and this always goes back. You know, I work for David at Dave's Killer Bread, of course, and and um, about thirty percent of. Dave's workers were ex-felons, you right? Know? So how is that working into you? You guys giving people chances? Yeah, second chance employer. Um, they have to come in. Of course, we take uh, credit card payments over the phone, so certain felonies can't go in. And then there's always the, I have my kids around the office a lot, so other certain felonies um, might be precluded oh, a little bit. Yeah. So, um, well, but yeah, that- second chance employees definitely want to give someone a chance to to turn their life around the same the same that we did. Um, uh, we have a couple in the office right now that we kind of mentor. Um, Mike, I, I think he's listening right now. He's uh, we're helping him try to get into his own apartment, um, things like that. He's uh, at an Oxford house, I believe, right now. So yeah, it's better um, than nothing. Yeah, we talk with him a lot. So I mean, just giving it a try. Uh, so that's that's another message about, that this show is all about is saying, hey, look, um, ex-felons can be, you know, not just ex-felons, but other people who've struggled and been to the bottom and hit bottom can be amazing. I just want to say right now that, like, in, during my time of meeting all kinds of people in my active addiction, pe- like, most addicts were so smart, like, mm-hmm. very intelligent people, very intelligent. So it's yeah. like, I look at when people are want to you know, like cut someone out because they're a felon. It's like, like, do you even realize like you have a jewel? It's a diamond in the rough. You got a pool of people that a lot of people won't take a chance on. If you take that opportunity to take that chance, you can find some amazing, like you said, jewels. Um, I, well, what's this guy up to? <laughs> there's a guy. Kind of signal there. There's our, our friend Mike out there telling us we got five minutes, uh, which is enough time, I guess, if we say, what do you want? Well, I was just going to say, um, you know, maybe we could give, since we are short on time, we could give Brandon and Dixie um, just a little bit of time to promote what yeah. they're doing out there. Yeah, please. That's all we really have time left for. Okay. So, so Levelhead, um, Levelhead LLC, we just did a name change to Levelhead Media. It sounds a little bit cooler um, because we're branching off to, to different things as well. 
As it sits right now, we have these uh, tablets that we place in restaurants and bars all across the United States. Um, we sell local ad space to to businesses like realtors, mortgage lenders, um, everything around. Um, we have a few venues in Portland. Um, we're working with one of the new pizza schmitzas opening up in Gresham. Um, one of our live venues right now is the Lad Tap House, which is kind of cool because nice. last year right now. That's the one on uh, like 39th? I believe so. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. then uh, Lightning Wheel Bar and Grill is the next one to go in. Um, like you said, the breathalyzers are in Splash, Paris Theater, Church, uh, Paisanos in Aloha. We had them out in Canby. We have them all over the place. Um, that's what we're doing right now. Like I said, anywhere from Portland to Philadelphia. Um, the things that we're getting into now, getting uh, Facebook ads, Facebook accredited, YouTube certified. Um, that's going to branch off to the social media, which is going to branch off in, into a lot of other things. So, Very good. Great. Yeah, that is really good. Yeah, and we're always looking for... You know, amazing salespeople. Okay, well, people, or not if you're felons. listening, how do, how do they get a hold of you again? Uh, LevelheadLLC.com. We, we actually just put a we put an application process on our website. They can fill something out and come in for an interview. Um, go ahead and text me, 503-888-7672. LevelheadLLC.com is the name of the website. And we have an office on 11th and Flanders right here in the Pearl Street if you want to stop by. Say yep. your number one more time. 503 503- 888-7672. So whether you're looking for a job or some advertising, just let us know. All right, so all you knuckleheads out there that are looking to change your life around and think you might be able to do this, get a hold of them. 503-888. What was the last part? 7672. Go-getters only, please. For the, yeah, for the ones that are listening live, that's why I wanted to repeat it so many times. Sharks, not guppies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, you know what? Thank you, guys. No, thank you. Thanks you guys, for having us on. You guys were some of our great guests, all right? Uh, you both had a lot to offer. Um, we'll like to bring you back sometime, nice. hopefully. Um, but I really wish you all the best. Uh, thank everyone for joining us this week on Felony Inc. Podcast with me, Dave Dahl, and my little buddy, Laz Justison, and hey, our hey. friend Alan, and our guests... Brandon Treat and Dixie Amber Jaeger of Levelhead LLC. It's actually Yeagle, but it's okay. We didn't want to correct you in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> Y-A-G-L-E. Yeah. Seemed to be Treat. I was yes. doing it by memory when I yes. wrote it earlier. So uh, anyway, my memory sucks. <laughs> um, also, listeners, please leave Felony Inc. podcast a review on iTunes. We might even read it on air, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Here's one now. iTunes user Claire Marisa said, what you say, lad? I love the vulnerability and honesty that emerges in each episode. A truly unique and inspiring podcast. Considering uh, the lames that are, that are behind the mics. <laughs> hey, well, thank you, iTunes user Claire Marisa. And uh, join us each week. Live at 10 a.m. Pacific Time at StartupRadioNetwork.com. If you don't join us live, we may visit your house late at night when you're least expecting it. <laughs> what are we going to do, lad? We're going to make them listen. Breaking in, lettering, breaking in entering lad's ass. Whoa. <laughs> this will be, be full-on breaking in listening. This is where I always say, ow. <laughs> All right, you know, and coming up after the break is Latino Founder Hour with your hosts, Edgar Navas and Claudia Cardenas. Their podcast is usually in Spanish, so... Que pasa con mis hermanos en Jimana? Oh, he's good. That's something about brothers and sisters. You gotta right come there. back. You gotta come back for the end of the podcast every week. I'm only half Mexican, so I understood half the sentence. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Next time, see ya. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.